Ogumbawale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, 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 Locked On Women's Basketball listeners. Lindsay Gibbs here for your Wednesday deep dive. I am joined by Alexa Philippou of the Hartford Current, who writes all about the Connecticut Sun. Alexa, thanks so much for being here. Of course. Happy to talk some playoff basketball. Yeah, so Alexa was here earlier in the season, and we talked about the Sun, who were kind of finding their way. And, you know, now we're back. I think it's safe to say they found their way um, fully and uh, completely. First of all, if you don't know me, once again, my name is Lindsay Gibbs. I am the uh, author of the Power Plays newsletter, which you can subscribe to at powerplays.news. It's all about women's sports. Um, And I'm also the co-host of the feminist sports podcast, Burn It All Down. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about Tuesday night's games in the WNBA. The semifinals are here. We're going to primarily be digging into the series between the Las Vegas Aces and the Connecticut Sun, which the Aces evened 1-1 on Tuesday night with an 83-75 to victory over Connecticut. This comes after game one where Connecticut destroyed uh, Vegas. Um, and we're also going to touch on game one between the Seattle Storm and the Minnesota Lynx. The Storm defeated the Lynx in a thrilling buzzer beater, 88 to 86. This was game one of the series because their game one on Sunday was delayed due to some inconclusive COVID tests. Thankfully, everyone ended up being cleared. So we're happy the league took precautions. We're happy we took the delay and we're happy we've got this series underway. That sets a stage, Alexa, and I'm going to dig in for my very first question, which has to be Alyssa Thomas. What do we know? What, what, what's going on? Five minutes in this game, Alyssa, who in this playoffs was averaging 21.7 points, six assists, 8.7 boards, and 2.7 steals in, this, in the first three games of the playoffs, slightly important, uh, goes down with a shoulder injury and we don't see her again. What happened in that game to Alyssa? What's the diagnosis? And what do we know about if we're going to see her again? Yeah, so the short answer is that we don't know a ton right now, but what happened was last night was about four minutes and 55 seconds in. She went down um, and was kind of like withering in pain on the floor, um, clutching her right shoulder. And you know, Alyssa Thomas is this type of player where if she's showing that much pain, like she is probably the toughest, one of the toughest players, if not the toughest player in the WNBA. So when you see her on the floor like that and you know that she's like showing that much pain and she's not getting enough, then it's not good. So she exited the game and did not return um, to the floor. She actually did return. Um, Holly Rose said she went and got some medical tests done and then ended up being on the sun's bench for the last few minutes of the game in a sling on that right shoulder. And um, as Everyone who's probably watched a WNBA game knows she does have a history of some shoulder issues with a <laughs> she have, can you Can you remind anyone who perhaps has never heard of the WNBA before <laughs> what uh, Alyssa's history with shoulder uh, injuries is? Right. So this is a joke if you're 
um, unfamiliar because this is basically all they talked about in the finals last year. But she basically has a partially torn labrum in each shoulder that she never got surgery on, also because she goes overseas after every WNBA season. She learned to play, I wouldn't just say through it, but I guess despite it. Um, she doesn't really have a jump shot, but it has not stopped her. Um, she's still, actually, honestly, her free throws have even been better than they used to be, even though that was a whole kind of adventure, too. Um, but anyway, so it wasn't, I guess we haven't really specified whether or not that was something that was aggravated or what exactly how that might have related to what her shoulder issue was that she suffered last night. But Kurt Miller initially said to us after the game that he thought it was a dislocated sh shoulder. And then today he said that they're still writing on her MRI results. So it seems kind of unclear up in the air. He didn't rule her out for the rest of the postseason. He said that they're going forward planning for tomorrow's game three without her, but it didn't sound like it was a complete lost hope that we could see her, if, I would assume not tomorrow, but maybe, maybe game four. Um, just seems like a lot of up in the air, but if anyone's gonna power through a very uncomfortable shoulder injury, I would, I would say Alyssa Thomas would do it. Absolutely, like even just hearing people say that she's in pain made me in pain because she <laughs> seems to not feel pain. Like her pain receptors must just work differently <laughs> than, uh, than the rest of us. Um, but although the uh, Sun ended up losing that game, they did have some pretty uh, decent play without her. It was not a blowout. It was actually really close until uh, kind of later in the fourth quarter, which we'll talk about in a minute. But why were the Sun able to stay in that game without their, uh, I think they call her their engine? Indeed, indeed, their engine. Um, and I think what's important too about Alyssa is that's not just her scoring that we think about her rebounding, it's her defense, it's her facilitating, it's her screen setting that they were missing out there. So I was, I mean, hopefully I don't get called out for saying this by the disrespect crew, but I was, I was a little surprised that they did as well as they did, um, just because they really like you said, they were, it, they led the entire game for the most part up until the end. Um, they did, you know, people did step up for a while. That was um, Brian January. She had a season high 20 points. She was hitting kind of those pull up jumpers that we saw Jasmine Thomas make in game one. Um, one of my favorite plays to watch was Beatrice Mom Premier. She's been amazing this series on the defensive end. And I think possibly if she didn't get into foul trouble and then eventually get fouled out, maybe, maybe the Sun win that game somehow. Um, but that ended up not, um, you know, not working out in the Sun's favor. But you had enough people step up and, you know, the Sun's defense was doing a pretty good job of shutting down everyone not named Asia Wilson for, the, for most of the game until Asia really just took control in the end, um, in the fourth quarter with those NB, you know, plays that showed why she's the MVP, those and ones and kind of stepping up when her team needed it most. Yeah, in impressed day, Bill Beer was saying, well, 
it's not, I mean, I know we don't shoot three pointers, but we get three point plays. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, you, I mean, it's very true. It's very true. All right. We're going to, in just a minute, uh, dive deeper into this game. I've got some questions about Natisha Heideman and whether we'll see more of her going forward. And also curious to get Alexa's thoughts on um, what impressed her about the aces. And then, of course, Link's Storm talk later in the show. All right, Lindsay Gibbs back here with Alexa Philippou. So one of my favorite players on Connecticut who I don't think gets enough love is Natisha Heideman. In game one, came off the bench for 14 points, four of seven from the field, um, you know, was really a spark. We did not see as much of Natisha in game two. I know Kurt talked a little bit about that in, um, in his Zoom presser today. Uh, what did you take from, from what he said about Natisha and, and how are we gonna find more minutes for her going forward? Yeah, Kerr basically said that um, was more of a matchup issue um, based off who the Aces were playing. And it sounded like he did actually want to put her in more because of, like you said, that she was, especially in that first game, I think most of her points were in the second half. She was, um, she is a scoring threat. And with Alyssa out for, for the foreseeable future, they need as many points as they can get. Um, I think also, too, this team, interestingly, has decided that they can – you know, score threes when they didn't for like most, I mean, I know we talked about that with Vegas, but this like Sun team was so bad from beyond the arc for like most of the season. So, but we did see that. I mean, in game one, the team shot 42% on threes and four of the, four of those five, sorry, four, Natisha Heidman shot four out of five. And then obviously yesterday she was so limited. So uh, I think that could only help. I mean, she does seem to kind of bring that spark off the bench. Um, not just for her scoring, Kurt said, too, with her passing, that that would definitely help. Um, and one of the things he mentioned, too, is now that they're down to 10 players, that's also going to mean everyone needs to step up just in terms of just rotation and number-wise. So he mentioned Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis maybe finding time, which I would rather see Natisha out there if we're going to put, a, you know, another guard on the floor. But um, who knows? Like, now that they're down to 10 and um, things are getting a little desperate, what they're going to end up doing. This is a series, and I think one of the things in the WNBA is it is so hard to get experience in these series because only four teams each year get to actually play a series, right? Uh, the Aces, I think it's safe to say the Aces were just, and they, they admitted it, just completely Asia Wilson called it a hot mess on, she said we were a hot mess on Sunday in the game one, almost to the point where it's hard to take too much away from it, right? They played one of those games that was just looked so bad that like, what do you really take from it? But one of the adjustments they made was putting Danielle Robinson back in the starting lineup, um, who is a bigger guard. So they didn't have Lindsay Allen in there as much. Um, instead, they played, you know, more with Danielle and then with Jackie Young. And like you said, um, and like, Kurt was saying that didn't give much time to bring in their smaller players and um, off the bench. And I think that really did, um, you know, that, that, that was a hurdle. It was hard to see them, you know, getting passes, but I did love the big lineups and mom premier continues to surprise me. Plaisance got a few minutes in this game um, playing alongside Bree Jones, who has been, 
I mean, every time I see her out there, she looks more comfortable out there on the court. What growth have you seen from her towards the end of this season? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because whenever people kind of talked about Brie, the team always had that faith in her, especially Alyssa Thomas as her teammate um, overseas. She had always had seen that from her. And um, I definitely, you know, you kind of hit on the, um, the nail on the head. It's definitely a confidence thing. And I think now that she's, she's gone up against, you know, some of the best centers in the league at this point, she's kind of seen it all that you can see those moments where she's ready to go up strong and aggressive and not be, you know, not kind of look, hesitant or anything like that down in the paint um her rebounding and also sometimes she comes through i think there was some stat where she was like top 10 in the league in steals too along with Dewana and Alyssa being up there so she's made an impact on that end of the floor as well um i, I think that's going to be a huge factor um just with the rest of the series though because i'm i think asia you know asia is just such a problem for her um, for really anyone in the league to defend. Um, I liked kind of the having mom premiere on her more. I think that was a, maybe a little bit better of a matchup defense, like kind of defensively for the sun. Um, but if they're going to be able to maybe use both of them, like to see how that could work, they didn't get a ton of that with, um, with Beatrice in foul trouble towards the end of the game yesterday, but um, that could be interesting. And then I don't know the domino effects here. I keep kind of spiraling on this is, too, if that is going to crowd the paint too much for maybe um, someone like Dewana Bonner to get in, because she's had such a trouble kind of finding her shot too. So I'm just—it's a chess match, like Curry always says. And one team makes, or one coach makes a move, the other, you know, coach counters. So I'm really interested to see now that they also had time to game plan for playing without Alyssa, how that actually looks on the floor. I completely agree. I mean, you have, um, I mean, Mom Premier, we, her stats, nine rebounds and three blocks, which is for coming off the bench as a rookie. I mean, just that's, that's, that's hugely impactful um, minutes that we're seeing. Um, you know, I think it says just the fourth WNBA player uh, in playoff history to record nine blocks and three blocks off the bench, nine boards and three blocks off the bench. Um, so kudos to her. But if you look at the difference between the two games, there's two stats that really um, stick out. Oh, they just ruled Alyssa Thomas out. Okay. All right. Breaking news Breaking here. Breaking news on the Breaking podcast. Breaking news. Oh, so the Sun outscored the Aces 40 to 36 in the paint in game one. In game two, the Aces outscored the Sun 52 to 20 in the paint. <laughs> So, I mean, that is just a tale. And look, we, we like to dig deeper than your, your um, average stars here on our deep dives, but we have to list, we have to finish by talking about the two players who were without Alyssa Thomas, the keys, which is Dewana Bonner and um, Jasmine Thomas. Game one, Jasmine Thomas had 31 points, three of six from outside. Um, and then, you know, Dewana Bonner had, I think, 23 in game two. What did those two stars need to bring to, um, you know, carry past uh, the loss of Alyssa? Yeah, so one thing about the Jasmine um, thing is she, they revolved their game plan, at least in game one, and I guess you could say maybe even a little bit in game two, is that they knew Jazz could get a lot of those pull-up jumpers, like, you know, mid-range jumpers that she was making. So she had 18 shots that game, so she's not usually even getting that much. I mean, no. what game, I can't even think of a game where she, I mean, part of that too was because she got in such a rhythm, they kept feeding her. 
But that was also something that they saw when they looked at film to, that they wanted to exploit. And then she hit her shots and it worked. Um, and you saw, you know, I feel like Breon January almost like replicated that role in the second game because she was hitting kind of similar mid-range shots too. She ended with 20 points. So good that they're able to get production from both of them. And, you know, she had 10, Jazz had 10 um, yesterday. So I feel like that's, I mean, it'd be great to have more for, I guess you always want more for anybody. But 10 is what you count, you expect from her. Like that's, that's the point. Right. And she was efficient. She was five for eight. She just missed her threes, but you know, I think that's fine. If you have one or two, or sorry, one of those two doing, you know, what they've done the last two games, I think that's good. To me, I'm, I feel like they haven't been able to figure out how to really um, get Dewana going. I know she had 23 points yesterday, but she was extremely inefficient. Um, she was, and she's not normally like the most efficient player, but she was 10 for 26 and she was chucking up all these threes. I'm sorry. This was like driving me crazy yesterday. She went three for 12 from beyond the arc and she also had six turnovers. So I just felt like her, she was maybe a little, I don't know if it's frustration over the defense, um, you know, credit to Vegas's defense to an extent, but after she also went two for 12 in game one, um, she hasn't gotten to the free throw line really that much either in both games. I'm kind of, that's what I'm looking for t- for tomorrow, especially with Alyssa Thomas out is um, also, I mean, great that she can eventually get 23 points, but she probably shouldn't be shooting like 12 threes a game. And um, she needs to be smarter with the ball, um, whether or not that's trying to go up to score or just decision-making and passes. Um, that's kind of my, I don't know, I'm a little, interested to see how that goes absolutely and you know there was a huge uh differential when it came to penalty shots um and penalty shots hockey (laughs) (laughs) we were hockey but uh the uh vegas in game two was 21 of 28 from the line and um connecticut was seven of seven and that you know the hundred percent doesn't really mean much when you're only seven for seven from the line and i think that goes back to what we're talking about getting more in the paint right as opposed to chucking it up from outside you've got to get in there you've got to draw the fouls and that's how you're going to slow down the rhythm and Vegas wants to ugly things up and Connecticut's a physical team that usually has no problem with that. So I'm excited. I think we've got a good series going ahead. For All sure. right. We got to move on to the other series that got kicked off and we'll be right back to do that. All right. Built Bar is, as you know, by now, because I, I can't stop talking about it. The best tasting protein bar ever uh, there are 18 flavors, including six new ones, like my favorite, I love saying this one, Cherry Barcia. <laughs> um, Built Bars are healthy. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Um, I love getting that extra protein in a bar on the go, especially love the peanut butter because it's kind of like a Reese's but with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, and of course it has a delicious chocolate coating. You can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to builtbar.com with the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your next order. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off and maybe a free cooler as well. 
So after just a ridiculous few days, um, the Storm and Lynx finally were COVID-free and on the court. Um, and the Storm defeated the Lynx, the Lynx who did not have Sylvia Fowles, it must be said, 88 to 86. Um, it was a, um, it was tied at 86 to 86 with pretty much no time left on the clock when Sammy Whitcomb drove through the defense of the Lynx, got right up to the basket, missed it, but Clark, Alyssa, Alicia Clark grabbed the rebound um, and put it back up. And uh, that buzzer beater uh, stole that victory. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? Let's start with the Lynx side of the ball. Two words, Nafisa Collier. <laughs> I have to admit that I really only watched most of like the second half because I was still finishing up some things. But and so I know like Bridget Carlton had a really good first half and stuff. Yeah. But wow, I just so I was watching it with my parents and I actually was like live tuning this as it was happening. Cause I was like, oh my God, like it was like block after block after block on Brianna Stewart of all people. Like when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter, she made, I actually wrote a whole story about this too. Cause I was just like, oh my God, like need to write about Nafisa Collier. She also like was hitting down threes. Like she had that amazing move at the end, um, which it was with like 14.8 seconds left. She tied the game with this like up and under move with three storm defenders on her. I mean, she's just like, she's just so good. She's and so good. The Lynx have got to feel good about, I mean, I know this was a loss and I know they want to win now in this series, but just like the long-term, like building their franchise around her, I think they're going to be in really good hands. Yeah, she had 25 points, nine rebounds and a franchise high, six blocks. <laughs> five, five of them were in the fourth five quarter. Five in the fourth quarter and think, most against Brianna Stewart. Right, I think- I, I would have to go back and confirm as I think Owen Pence, I think, yeah, I think it was him who wrote it. He said that, that Nafisa Collier blocked all four of Brianna Stewart's shot attempts that quarter. It's just, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, like I can't even really kind of comprehend it. Um, and I, yeah, I was very surprised that honestly that the Lynx played this well against, you know, without Sylvia Fowles and against, you know, a team that has, you know, even though they're the, they're the number two seed, the Storm have been the title favorites all, all season long. And especially, you know, they were playing back at full force. Um, they also, they had 14 threes <laughs> uh, in that game. And I think Seattle had 13. So it was just a very different game right. than, <laughs> than the Aces son. Uh, what is this offense? Like, yeah. I'm just thinking like the first quarter of the, of this game versus the first quarter of like game one, where it was like 14 to 10 with like the Aces and the Sun. Yeah, just absolutely you know just completely different games when it comes to uh tactics which i think sets us up for a thrilling final no matter who uh advances talk about chess mass matches um and also have to uh, she didn't have um you know a super huge game stats wise but damaris dantas just continues um to you know be 
I mean, for me, one of the players that's impressed me the most this season that I've paid attention more to her than I ever have before. I have to give a shout out to Roberta Rodriguez, who wrote a piece on power plays, powerplays.news. Um, she is a Brazilian reporter, so she knows um, Damiris very, very well and can talk to her in Portuguese and knows her full backstory. And she wrote a piece for Power Plays on all Damiris has overcome in her life, including this season where she lost her grandmother and best friend to COVID um, mm -hmm. and has been carrying, um, you know, carrying the team. And, you know, without Sylvia Fowles in the lineup, I mean, his just they would not be where they are right now if she had not really flourished this season. So another player that's really fun to watch. And uh, as you mentioned, Bridget Carlton, great outside threat. I mean, just I love seeing all that she can do as well. And um, I think the key is going to be, can Crystal Dangerfield get going in these playoffs? Yeah. It's not going to be easy because the Storm are good at defense, especially against guards. Yeah. And I think I was thinking about this yesterday too. Crystal, she struggled on the first half of the Phoenix single elimination game too. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she really kind of came alive in the second half. I think that's when she scored 15 of her 17 points. So I was almost expecting that to happen yesterday. And, um, you know, I think it was a little bit more harder, uh, obviously the Seattle defense versus the Phoenix defense, um, but <laughs> slightly different, a little different <laughs> as an atheist. Um, no, um, but I guess maybe, I mean, Crystal has done so much, like gr so many great things for the Lynx this season. I wonder, you know, hopefully for the, for them, it's not too late. You know, they, they're in a series. They can hopefully work with her to get her, you know, as quickly adjusted um, to what she needs to do on the floor against the Seattle team as possible. It's not, it wasn't a single elimination game where they needed her or else they were going home. So I'm interested to see how that plays out and how she continues to kind of either hopefully step up for them um, moving forward. Cause I think you're, you're right. They need her, but Odyssey Sims too. She, she did step up. Um, 19 points, I think. Yeah. And that's the key is as they've like, you know, double teamed or focused in the defense on crystal other other um, players have stepped up, which means they're not going to be able to focus on her as much, right? Like they're going to have to kind of pick their poison a little bit. Um, but so let, let's talk Storm. Jewel Lloyd this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like we haven't talked enough about her. She was 25, she had 25 points, game by 25 points on eight of nine shooting. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like, you're right. It's like done quietly somehow like, I don't know how it's done quietly um but it is and it's you know there have been seasons where she hit her shot has not been falling and I, this is not one of them though she has really stepped up this this season big time and if she continues to shoot like that you know you do have to say the um the storm had not played a game in about 10 days. Their biggest stars, um, Sue, Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart, both had not played in a few weeks because um, they had taken a couple games off. So there was rust involved at the beginning of this game. And this is a game that I think the Lynx are going to, of course, they're going to regret losing it. But like, you know, this was there for the taking. And I don't know how many games in this series are going to be there for the taking um 
But, uh, you know, we're going to have to see that last shot. Let me ask you just like your thoughts. Let's finish this by talking about that last, that last shot. Did you have on your scorecard it being a Sammy Whitcomb drive to the basket and an Alicia Clark put back? <laughs> I definitely like, I was watching Sammy drive and I was like, why is she the one with the ball right now? No, no disrespect to Sammy, but I mean, on a team with, superstars they have was very confused then of course she goes up with the shot you know it doesn't go in and then alicia clark is just there and and she she gets like it's like such an alicia clark play like doing like the the little things that are so important you know like i always love like offensive rebounding that sounds like so like weird but like whenever someone makes a good offensive rebounding play i'm like yes because it's just like an effort play so much for the guard Right. Alexa, where can people follow you? I am on Twitter at Alexa Philippou. It's P-H-I-L-I-P-P-O-U. And also at current.com for all of your sun and also UConn women's basketball coverage. That'll be starting up before we know it too, <laughs> but uh, definitely all in on the sun for now. Um, so stay tuned as we follow there. I'm sure what will be a very entertaining, um, you know, rest of their postseason run yeah and goodness plenty of um plenty of UConn alum in these playoffs too so you'll be oh, yeah. kind of no matter who wins <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right thanks so much for joining us again and everyone uh, remember to rate and subscribe locked on women's basketball Eric Ayala will be here uh, on Thursday Howard Magdal on Friday and every day in your feed we will be getting you up to date on everything you, you need to know on the court and off about these WNBA playoffs.